Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. This is, I already know, my favorite episode to date because we have been blessed that we have my incredible therapist, Cecilia. Hi, Lindsay. This is so (laughs) weird because we're only ever in your office and now you're like sitting on my couch. I'm sitting on your couch, Like like one of my besties. Yeah. Which I hope you are. And my other friend and I, my other friend sees Cecilia too. And we always joke that She's the queen of the world and, like, our best friend, and we wish (laughs) that she was our friend out of therapy. (laughs) But anyway, so we'll start with some background for people who don't know you the way that I know you. And I feel like still even, like, there's a lot that I don't know about you, which you don't have to go too deep into anything. But I, I try want, not to talk about yeah, myself well, in your sessions. Of but, course, but yeah. I, I would feel like I would go crazy if you didn't give me anything at all, you know? Yeah. So there's a perfect balance. But how old are you and where are you from originally? I am 60 years old and I'm originally from New Hampshire. Very cool. Mm-hmm. What part of New Hampshire? Keene. Keene, New Hampshire. It's mm-hmm. like southwest area of New Hampshire. I went to the University of New Hampshire also, which is up near Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Do you know New Hampshire at all? I don't know it well, but I had a few friends from Boston who were Mm -hmm. from New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. I know Vermont. Why is it it near part of Vermont? Right, Okay. A lot of people even confuse them. (laughs) Right, 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 right. So, Um, yeah. That's awesome. And when did you begin to have an interest in therapy? Well, that's a really good question. I was theater major in Mm -hmm. undergrad, and then I moved to New York. I moved to New York with a bunch of my theater friends in 81. So I'm really a New Yorker. Mm -hmm. I'm really a New Yorker. And then I didn't really do the whole audition theater thing. What I got into instead was heavy-duty improvisational classes Mm -hmm. and, like, acting classes. I mean, I literally at one point was going to acting class four hours a day, like three times a week. Wow. And then rehearsing with my scene partners in between. That was my life, you know? Yeah. It was my therapy. Let's put it that way. It really was my therapy. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I was going to a therapist and he was saying, you know, he he would always start out every session saying, so what did you do in acting class today? Mm. Like, because that's where all the stuff was, Mm -hmm. you know, that I was playing with being different people under, you know, playing, I mean, all Wait, sorts so of to rewind for a second, you were going to a therapist in the 80s. In the 80s. I feel like that's yes. so, like, ahead yes. of your time. Yeah. I. Um, How did you know to even be doing that? You know, that? I was I was waitressing and doing acting club, because actor, actors are all, you know, actors are into 
self-discovery. Right, and self, of course. You know, so I'll never forget my guy. Sky was his name. I knew mm-hmm. nothing about him, mm-hmm. although I saw him on the street one time. Mm-hmm. And he kept trying to get me to talk about it and everything. I didn't even about, know what I was about doing. Seeing him, seeing on the him. yeah. What? Yeah. yeah, he was. What was? He what was did really he want you to cute. say? Oh my god! And um, anyway, I had no idea what I was doing in therapy, but it was really. I remember that it really was amazing. Like just awareness of any kind was mm-hmm. amazing, and I think it. I think I was thinking, oh, it's really helping my acting. Then I thought, okay, you know, I don't really want to do the whole auditioning thing. You know, right. the whole. I just didn't like the business really, but I loved doing my acting classes. So I thought, let me teach acting. So I started to teach acting to teenagers and it turned into really like I would pick roles that I thought they had to work out certain issues mm. with. And, you know, if I if somebody was really shy and insecure, I would pick a role that would pull out another part of them. So then I called NYU, uh, Ed Theater Department. I called because I decided I wanted to get a master's in education. Mm-hmm. No theater, and I was telling Lowell Swartzel what was his name, and I was telling him on the phone like this is what I do, and I see that it gives confidence, and that when I get the kids to act, like I can work through their feelings. Right. And he said, "Well, you sound like a drama therapist," mm. and I had no idea there was any such thing, you know. So he put me on the phone with Robert Landy, the head of the drama therapy program, and that was it. I got in. I have my master's in drama therapy, and I worked for ten years as a drama therapist on different psych units and mm-hmm. almost every inpatient unit in the city <laughs> I've worked on and the, every amazing. borough. Even. Yeah. Um, then I decided to do psychology. So I went late. I'm like a late bloomer mm-hmm. girl. I got my um, doctorate in my forties. Wow. And only after you got your doctorate, did you start doing these like one-on-one sessions? Yes. Or, uh-huh. Yeah, I did one-on-one drama sessions right, before, right, but now right. I do one-on-one. I'm starting to come back around to doing, um, wanting to do more drama, so mm-hmm. watch out. <laughs> I love it. We'll be seeing you on the stage. Yeah, sitting's not good. But mm-hmm. at what point in your studying in your 40s did you learn about DBT specifically? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming you work yes. with CBT as well. Yes, and well, you know, mm-hmm. why were you interested in right. those things? Because, like, they're dramatic. Yeah. Well, actually, that's a good point. You uh-huh. know, I was trained in regular psychodynamic therapy, and then mm-hmm. I did my internship, my clinical internship at Columbia, mm-hmm. and I did a rotation with dialectical behavior therapy. Right. Right. And which, and then yeah, I was going to say, let's explain what it is. Yes, yes. Know. So, what dialectical behavior therapy was created by a genius named Marsha Linehan, and she's a psychologist out of the University of Washington, and it is essentially CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, with this added piece, the dialectical piece, mm. and which pulls in a whole Zen factor and and, and and all sorts of other kinds of ways to look at change perspective. And it was originally created for people who were suicidal and mm. had borderline personality disorder. So, which Linehan was able to, I think the genius of it is that to take out the pathology, like I think that we, every diagnosis comes with this stigma and pathologizing, especially uh, borderline. But what she figured out was that it's someone who has trouble regulating their emotions. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's mm-hmm. what 
it is, you know? So it doesn't necessarily now have to be someone with Now, right. Now, DBT, dialectical mm-hmm. behavior therapy skills especially, are used over time. It's, it started to be something that's used by everybody with depression, anxiety, people who just want to function better in mm-hmm. life, right? For a while, I was teaching them at Columbia, and I had... I had individuals coming in, you know, to the hospital with their diagnoses or whatever, wanting to do the skills. And then I had the medical students sitting in on the group. And then I had different doctors coming in and sitting in. And then they were telling me, I'm not sitting here for my, to learn it for clients. I'm really using the skills myself and it's helping me. You right. know? So it, they're really just, they're just basic good skills. They're like the, if you read, they're like the things you find in every self-help magazine. Mm-hmm. It's just, they're really explained very clearly right. and. So without giving us a whole session and, you know, having to be charged for it, tell us, can you tell us like one of the methods that you would teach someone in DBT? Well, the skills, the skills are all built upon what we call core mindfulness skills. So mindfulness and Linehan put mindfulness in therapy. Now everybody talks about mindfulness in therapy, but she put it in when really it was still it was not a common thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was actually kind of outrageous. You right. Know? I remember even thinking, like, I can't teach mindfulness in therapy. You know, right. imagine that. Now everybody does, right? Right. So it's based on the first skill. So the primary skills are the core mindfulness, which means observing in the moment, mm-hmm. accepting what's happening in the moment, uh, participating in the moment, being able to really uh, be non-judgmental, being with what is as the first step. And the reason that she came to that, I'll tell you real quickly, mm-hmm. is that she was having people who are really suffering sit in her office. Mm-hmm. And she say, tell me why you're suffering. Tell me why you need to cut yourself or why you you're want to die or whatever. And they couldn't talk about it because immediately when they would talk about their pain, they would want to die, right? So she started to think, I have to find a way to have people sit and tolerate the pain. Mm. Like that is what has to happen. Right. Right. So she searched and did all this research and she just came to Zen, Zen Buddhism as Mm -hmm. the way to help people sit in accepting, sit in total acceptance of what is in the moment. And also to tolerate pain, to really sit Mm -hmm. and tolerate pain. If you have, have, even if you have a headache, right? Right. If you fight it, but if you actually just say, you know, I'm one with this, I'm just sitting there. Let me just feel it. Oh, there it is. Mm -hmm. It's it's still painful, but it's not intolerable. Mm Mm-hmm. So what would you tell someone who who can't help but, like, have a short fuse with their partner yes. necessarily every mm-hmm. time they, I don't know, leave the seat up? <laughs> the first step would be to fully be aware and observe. So the issue isn't really the seat up. Mm. The issue is the reaction to the mm-hmm. seat up, right? That's the issue, mm-hmm. right? So the seat can be up. And you can think, all right, isn't that cute? Or you can think, you know, this is the end of the world. Or you can, you know, think, I've got to talk to him about this. I'm assuming it's a him that leaves the seat up. So um, (laughs) the first step would be to notice what's going on. Notice your thoughts. Notice your body reaction. Like, Mm. slow it down. Have, like, a mindful moment with that. Two seconds, I'm talking. Even two seconds can really give us enough time. To actually say, and how do I want to respond to this? It's like that quote that was in your office the other day that was like all, I think it said all feelings are neutral. It's how we Yeah, I have a quote. Right now the quote I have is by Brooke Castillo, who's this coach who I'm in love with. And the quote says, 
we keep trying to change the world so that we'll feel better instead of feeling better so that we can change the world. Mm. Which just is a perfect example of how important therapy is. Yes, because it's all about you, right? Mm-hmm. Except most people come to therapy. For I'm trying other to think if that's what you did. Or... Saying I need to change the world. I need to change my mother, my boyfriend. For my, sure. Right, for sure. Right? And show me how. Tell right. me how. Well, I actually came to therapy like once upon a time to better a specific relationship mm-hmm. that I had in my life. And then through that, I learned so much about myself. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, was like self-aware, but just because you're self-aware doesn't mean that you're cured or that you're going to be better. And that's when I came to DBT because I was like, I might know that I'm having this reaction. I might know that I'm annoyed with this person and can't like accept them for who they are. But like, that doesn't change the fact that I'm reacting to them and like How letting it give it? the best, right. get the best of me, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I saw you coming. You just want, you are like a, learner of psychology you just want to know how do I do these things how do I evolve myself how Mm -hmm. do I evolve and you can't do it just by talking right you know like so I got my first job I got trained to do dbt and I'm even using the skills now for people who are having like midlife crises Mm. like I feel like they're just good skills because they really are about staying present managing they're about being an adult right Right. learning to manage my own thoughts my own body my own reaction my own response Mm. really understanding what I want what my goal is versus you know being reactive and actually the thing about relationships I know that's what you talk about mostly on here and this happens all the time people Mm. are always saying like how do I fix my relationship and the answer is fix yourself yourself and really try to see each relationship as an opportunity to learn more about, about yourself. yourself. Yeah. Whether it goes bad or good, you know, right? It's, it's like never, another like another that, novel. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> never know? a mistake, always a lesson or something yes, like that. Yeah. Yes. If we could do that, if if everybody could really get that, we would have so much mm. more fun in our relationships. And they might go better too, right? I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Do you think that everyone, if they had the means to or the access to it, should do DBT therapy? Or just like well, therapy. You know, so the yeah, so I think the skills, mm-hmm. the skills could be good for everybody. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be DBT. It could be meditation. It could right. be there's other I've been studying some other positive psychology, uh, strengths. I've been doing Gallup strengths coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and coaching. Coaching can be a nice way to work too. So it doesn't, you know, I feel like I do think therapy is good for everyone, but for some people. I just want people to know, like, you don't have to have, like, a diagnosis, though. You don't right. have to be. To get in the room. You see, because therapy is still stuck in the illness model. You know, right. It's a problem. Same with, I know a lot of people are getting tired of their doctors, too, because even you go to your medical doctor and it's like, well, you're fine because you don't have a disease. But, like, you know you don't feel the best you could feel, right? right? Mm. And I think people are thinking, I, I feel like I'm branching into other, you know, taking the skills and the coaching and like I want people to not just not have depression right I want people to really 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 love their lives you know to really be and to know how to tolerate pain because loving your life doesn't mean being happy all the time right you Mm. have to be able to grieve you Mm. have to be able to feel anger you have you you have to be fully human right right 
as you mentioned, this is a dating podcast. Mm -hmm. And would you be able to be with a partner who not necessarily doesn't believe in therapy, but doesn't, isn't like open to, to seeing a therapist themselves? Would I be able to be? Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 I could. You know, what what I guess, especially as long as I saw them as still, what I really love to be with, the kind of person I really love to be with is somebody who's open and curious. Mm -hmm. So can you be open and curious and not into therapy? I should say no, right? Because Mm -hmm. I need to do this. But I think that there are some people who really have found ways to be open and curious artists or, you know, I know you put it in. I think there's something to it. Maybe everybody should do at least two years of therapy. Wouldn't that be cool? It would be really cool yes. if it were made available to everyone. Yes. You know, this platform that I'm becoming a part of, Soar, Soar.com. It's for coaching. Okay. And it Paul Allen is the founder, and he's mm. um, the guy who created Ancestry.com. Oh. Anyway, his mission is that everybody in the world gets a coach. Hmm. strengths coach like he feels like everybody and think about it everybody could even like like people who are homeless like everybody should have a coach everybody should have somebody say hey let me guide you let me Mm -hmm. help you to the better you you know Mm -hmm. so in that way yes okay so if everyone should have a coach what would you say to someone who has no therapist no coach no mentor you know what I mean who's kind of just like going about it like you know Yeah, well, um, what would I say to them? Like, what would your advice be? I guess I would say, because I don't, I would never push, you know, I don't, and and I have a rule. Like, Mm -hmm. I am not, like, if I'm out with my friends or my family, I Mm -hmm. am not a therapist. I reserve the right to be as effed up as the rest of the world. For sure. You know. For sure. But I guess I would say, you know, if they asked me, say, what do you Mm -hmm. think? I would say, you know, I think that, I think that it is really easy to get caught up in habitual thinking, Mm -hmm. habitual behavior. Right. I think it is just like most of us are just operating on 10% of who we could be or what we could do in life. For sure. And that, you know, if you're comfortable with that, fine, you know, and, and, but therapy, coaching, any kind of experience, even like, even like, I guess if people get really into something like yoga, anything that pushes you to out of your comfort zone. Out of your comfort zone, exactly. It pushes you to, to to learn something new, to feel something mm. different, to see something differently, is going to keep you growing. Agreed. And that I think that honestly, so my, my deep down opinion is people who don't do that end mm-hmm. up like calcifying and repeating and yep. repeating the, their same mistakes in their same lives and blaming others. Yeah, well, I have some friends who say straight up like, I don't need a therapist. If I'm sad, I get myself out of a rut. Like, if I, you know, like, I'm amazing, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, like, basically what I said, like, before I went to therapy. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. what What mm-hmm. should I say to those people? Kind of like the same thing you just said. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I mean, see, the thing is you can't, what can you say? You can say, oh, I don't right. think you're so amazing. Right. You can just say, well, I was amazing, too, and now I'm. 10 times more amazing because I've gone to therapy. Mm -hmm. And let them, you know what I mean? Let them, let Mm -hmm. them come to it through, through modeling, through seeing you. How how did you get to where you are, Lindsay? Mm -hmm. How are you? Because you're going to keep going. Like, I'm determined. You're going to be like, you're taking the world by storm. Thank you. And you're not going to stop. And so people are going to say, well, how did you do that? How did you do that? And you, because I'm freaking working on myself. Right. You know, I'm challenging myself. with you. Right. So. 
Everybody yeah. wants to think it's the circumstances mm-hmm. that hold them back. Or, well, I can't do that because I don't. Everybody thinks that. It's not true. Right. It's just not true. Going back to dating, um, I know you're, you know, you're with a partner right now. Mm-hmm. But how did you stop yourself when you were dating, you know, going on dates with people to not analyze them? Yeah. You know, like if they were like. I lost my mom last year. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah, then like yeah. you in your head is like, so he lost his mom. So now he thinks that, you <laughs> I know, think I did a, it more a, before I was a therapist. Right, though, before right. I was like, like, he has a trouble relationship with it. women oh and like God. blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. Before I became a psychologist, I, I was doing it like crazy. Everybody mm-hmm. I dated, I felt like, you know, I'd always, and that was just the role I played even among my girlfriends. It was always the the one that 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 had the answers, the ones mm. that would, you know, give advice. And I'm the oldest of six children. So right. I'm like, I'm, I'm boss. Mm-hmm. Who died and left you boss? That's, you know, my mm-hmm. the thing my mother always said to me. Who died and left you boss? And I would like to know who because somebody <laughs> did. Because I have felt like I'm the boss right. since I was like in the cradle, right. you know. But so my husband that I married to now, he just, he just, Refuses it. To be analyzed. Yeah. And it was a relief, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, relief. because it, I was doing it too much. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, oh, we need to talk about this. Da, da, da. You know, a, a friend of mine recently said to me, what do you think helped your marriage last so long? I'm like, we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that awful for a psychologist to say? No. But honestly, yeah. honestly, we don't. We don't complain about yeah. each other. We don't, you know. I do not. I mm-hmm. made up my mind to just see him as the perfect man. Because, mm. you know, believe me, I wouldn't be able to see him that way if he of wasn't course, pretty cool. But, um, and just stop tearing apart, tearing mm-hmm. apart. I don't even like to do I'm that so in therapy. You know, apart. I like yeah. to say, no, look mm-hmm. at what's good about you. Right. Mm-hmm. Why do yeah. we do that? Tear ourselves apart. Yeah, it's so funny. I like, yeah. Well, whenever I'm like, you know, having a fight with my boyfriend, it's like, oh, not that like I throw you under the bus, but I'll be like, yeah, my therapist agrees. <laughs> like, and, and, and so oh, I'm no. glad. Like, I have I other clients who have to say all yeah. the time, like, well, my therapist thinks you're great. So I guess I have to, but you. <laughs> Hilarious. No, I'm like, I'm like, it's she, it's actually her who said that, even though oh, it was me. No, no, no. no. But <laughs> so okay. him listening to this, like, he'll know now that you're actually mm-hmm. on his side. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is really super, the truth. Super great. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Not that I know that much. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah, no, why? I know, I know, I know. It's see how easy it is though. See how much yeah. I feel like that's the problem. Oh, but it you comes know what? yeah, continue. So I'm much easier for us mm-hmm. to focus on the negative, right? We have this negative right. bias. We're so afraid of getting because well, we're not gonna also go into therapy and be like, I am amazing. I'm perfect. My boyfriend is incredible. Yes, yes, but why not, right? Because then we can say, okay, let's make it even better. Yeah, you I know? guess you're right. I have to read you this quote. Some girl tweeted this. Her name is Charlotte. I think she follows the podcast, which is how I find her. Found her, but she goes, my therapist has a way of justifying and normalizing my thoughts and actions. I could be like, I stabbed a guy to get his seat on the subway. And she would be like, we all need a rest sometimes. <laughs> I love it. I love so it. I love it. And that I love that because I want I want my office to be that place yeah. where people can come in and tell me what they think are the most heinous things yeah. in the world, the thoughts that they have. And what they're going to get from me is total like, hello, human. For sure. Hello, human. Now. Right. Okay, yeah. you don't want to keep doing that. So right. let's figure out how that happened and how you can. But what do would it you again. do if someone told you they killed someone? You would have to go to the authorities, right? 
Um, if if even you know if, yeah if they just did it nobody mm-hmm. knows <laughs> I would have to if they did it years ago I would have talked, really? you know if they were out of jail so yeah uh, what if, if they did it years ago and no one I have knew met people who had killed people yeah, yeah. what so if they did it years ago and no one knew well and no one knew well then I would have I I, I have this duty <laughs> to report yeah that's so funny <laughs> I know um, okay so let's hear about therapy from the other side for a second. So I always tell people, like, find a therapist. And they're like, okay, but, like, then, like, how? Like, how does it work? I'm like, well, shop around. Like, don't, like, just meet someone and stick with them immediately. So can you tell when someone is, like, quote, unquote, shopping around, like, Mm -hmm. with you? And Mm -hmm. have you ever had someone come in and, like, you know, you did, like, one session with them and then you never saw them again? Mm -hmm. And, like, do you – how do you not take that personally? Mm -hmm. Yes, that happens. And yes, people should shop around, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and most people are upfront with me about it. Some are, but some say I'm shopping around. I don't take it personally, only because I've been doing it for so many years now. Right. And so, you know, I tell, I supervise a lot of beginning therapists and I say, once you've, once you've had like a hundred stick, mm-hmm. you don't care about the others. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it really is almost like dating right it's mm. like there in that there has to be a, a, a chemistry mm. there has to be you have to you, know, you don't have to love your therapist but if you feel like you don't want to tell if you feel judged right if you feel like you don't want to for some reason you just don't feel like there, there's an open communication mm. you know and so you should you should shop around until you find somebody mm-hmm. that feels like the right fit on the other hand you know I've met a few that just do the shopping, 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 because they don't want to actually get in the water, you know, because right. that's hard, too. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Do you find therapy hard? No. No? I don't, but I did for a while. Mm-hmm. I did for a while when I didn't want to, when I was in denial when that, like, did. everything, you know, that, like, everything wasn't great about me, you yeah. know? When I was yeah. like, you know, I'm really just, like, such an amazing mm. person that, like, everyone wants to be like. Yeah. So like therapy's yes, like yes. an oxymoron. And if, so if you were me. to start to like let down, talk about some things that maybe weren't perfect, it, the fear would be that you would be, you wouldn't be Lindsay. And you'd be right. Just back I would be like imperfect fixed. and like not as strong. Mm. You know, like mm. I'm so resilient. Like look at me not reacting to these tragic mm. situations in my life. Mm. When like in reality, like that's really unhealthy. You know. Right. I like was really good at projecting. I'd be like, you know, that's a you problem. That's mm-hmm. a you problem. Mm-hmm. Whereas like it was really a me problem, but like I never got deep enough to figure that out. So I was like, yeah, no, I don't need, I don't yeah. need this therapy. Yeah. And then like the second that I did go in, I was like, oh my God, you know, I really do need therapy. And I did, the only thing I found hard about, I, I sometimes found like just like, regular psychotherapy hard sometimes as opposed to dbt because dbt like there's always kind of an agenda like if we're not talking about my life or something that's happened recently we're doing like we're teaching yeah we're Mm -hmm. doing little tools Mm -hmm. steps but with regular psychotherapy like if i didn't come in and have like an issue that week then i'm just ranting about bullshit Mm -hmm. and then i'm like Mm -hmm. do i need to pay like a lot of money to mm-hmm. rant about bullshit like no mm-hmm. and then I just mm-hmm. felt like trapped almost you know but I yeah. think that has to do with getting complacent with a therapist who was amazing but I didn't necessarily need to see for like four or five years mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. 
once we tackled the thing that I came in there for and then some, and I started having these feelings of like, I don't know now what to talk about. That's when I should have like left, you know, right? um, and got a new one or whatever. And so I think there is something to say about like, you know, changing your therapist up every now and then. But then there are people that stick with a therapist for like 26 years. I don't know what I feel about that. You know? Yeah. Like, like, would you let someone stay with you for that long? I mean, I have a couple people that have stayed long, and I'm not thinking it's a great thing. I think that what happens is the danger, so I'm not saying it happens all the time, but the danger is the person believes that the therapist is the one that is making them feel healthy and safe and whole, not themselves. Right. And that... It's just like parenting in a way. Uh-huh. Like this should be like now go out, go out right, and do it. Go right. out and do like it. You're 18. Like you go don't to have college. to cut off from me. Like I mm-hmm. like to have it be like a gradual. Like now let's do mm-hmm. like once a month, and now you know like right. we'll have coffee. Like I I just I'm not sure. Right. So if your therapist tries to tell you to come once a month instead of every week, listen. <laughs> they think you're doing better. And yes. Get a new yes. therapist. What is the weirdest way that you've ever been broken up with? Or versus, like, the best way, like, as a therapist, the, not, not as, Oh, like as a, a therapist? Yeah, yeah. Broken up with as a therapist, the weirdest? Oh, I've had people walk out in the middle of a session. <laughs> no. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. I've had people throw things at me. Whatever. I've had, you know, angry. I've had, I had a lot of angry. Like, no, like knowing you, I'm just like, those people really have issues. <laughs> oh. The thing is, almost every um, yeah. client that's broken up with me has gotten back in touch over time. Mm, and that's they always come back. Yeah. Or, you know, like, see, because learning about yourself is a, is, mm. a, is a lifelong process. So right. sometimes timing is everything. And sometimes I'm trying to work on something with someone mm-hmm. and it's just not clicking. It's happened so many times that I get a call or an email like 10 years later or something saying, mm. I finally get it, you know, right. I'm doing it. And, you know, so it's just, I don't know, right? I've had yeah. those experiences too. I've had those yeah. experiences where somebody's either tried to teach me something or tried to say mm. something to me in therapy. And then all of a sudden, like years later, I go, oh my God, I understand now. Right, of course. You know, I Everyone couldn't see it then. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, it happens with things you tell me all the time too that I understand later. I also think, and, like, I know you agree with this, that, like, if you are in therapy and if it's not working for you, then, like, you might, I don't know, maybe you have, like, a habit that you also need to change in addition to going through therapy. Like, something, obviously, we know that I went through. Like, and I think that, like, therapy is amazing, but there's also, it's like, it's like, you know, you can you can work out, but if you're not eating right, you're not going to see results, right. you know? Like, you right. can go to therapy. Right. But then if you're still, like, you know, drinking a glass of wine to the face every night, you're not going to see results. Exactly. You can't just come sit in the chair once a week. Exactly. And tell the same story. Right. And think that change is going to happen. For sure. You have to live it. And and, and that's why I'm back to thinking I want to do more drama. Like, Mm -hmm. put it in your body. You have to do something different. It's the other thing about DBT is she says the skills have to be practiced outside of the session. This is not, change is not something that can happen an hour a week sitting in a room, right? Right, yeah. You have to do the work when you're not there. And that's, like, why Mm, DBT is homework. That's why I'm always Like, you literally give me a workshop, and I'm like, (laughs) what? But then... When yeah, I, I did do it in the beginning, I need to start doing Everybody it Everybody pulls now. them out of their little crumpled bags yeah. next week. And stuff. I, but, you know, I feel like just giving the worksheet, sometimes it just, it, what happens is it almost just forces it to work on the subconscious. It's true. But then I remember actually in a few of our beginning sessions, I would like 
reluctantly pull out a blank worksheet and then do it like in the middle of the session. You're not alone. Yeah, you're I'm not sure. alone. I'm sure. Yeah. Then there are the ones that bring in the, the binders and with oh all my the God. tabs oh and my everything's gosh. highlighted. And oh. <laughs> I feel like I find that yeah. you know they people get better on mm-hmm. on both. You know, yeah. the ones who pull the crumpled things out and it's true. the binders. It's true. So you were mentioning you mentioned chemistry with someone mm-hmm. that comes in. Have you ever not felt the chemistry, but maybe they have, and they've continued to see you, and then, like, you're just kind of stuck with someone that you don't really, you know, that you are kind of, like, not looking forward to coming in, but then they come in, and it's, like, your job, so you have to see them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At first, but I honestly can say, and I used to do groups. I used to do groups three times a week. You start to like them? I have, I, I honestly have never met anyone I can't love. Well, because I can, I can you, honestly say that because really they tell can. you everything about them, and then it makes you realize like I don't want to judge people from the beginning. Well, probably. I think also, and I think if you really look, if you really, you really can always find something. Know that it's there. There's yeah. something. This is a human and being, everyone. and every human being has, you know, even the most, yeah. you know, narcissistic, toxic. Like if you, if you open yourself to them, mm. like it's, it's, and I'm not saying. That I don't have some that I love more than others. You know what yeah, I mean? But I don't know. But I have been able. I mean, I, I, I like, have, you know, yeah. some people say, how can you stand doing what you do? Isn't it depressing? I'm like, mm. you don't understand. It has restored my faith in mm. humanity more than anything else because I love everybody yeah, that I've but ever like, worked I don't, with. You mentioned narcissistics. Like, narcissists, yeah. I like, I, date them. for sure, <laughs> but like, I, you know, I have met so many people doing this podcast. There are some people who genuinely legitimately only want to hear the sound of their own voice Mm -hmm. and I cannot imagine finding something inside of them yeah you know and like I know they'll tell a story that like kind of gets you I don't know sometimes they'll be like uh, like I'm sure they like tell you about a loss they've had or whatever but like it still doesn't necessarily justify like their personality you know I know, know, but if you look at it this way, and you don't have to, Mm -hmm. I I try. But the one who is, you know, boasting the most or has the most insecurities, of course, of course. Right. right. So if I can keep seeing that, it'll come through. And it's like magic that I'll think, oh, this one, it's not going to come through. This one is just not going to go well. I'm not going to find love for this client. And then you do. Yeah. How do you stay so level headed when you're hearing like, a story and like you're probably deep down thinking to yourself like what a fucking psycho or like <laughs> or like or maybe like this person but how I really is think it was not, what a fucking psycho yeah. this is fascinating or this person is maybe maybe you're like wow this is such a non-event you know like whether yeah, you're yeah, picking yeah. one or the other yeah how do you keep mm-hmm. like a straight face and and like a um just a level-headed, like, energy, even though, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that the—I've thought about that a lot. How do I do it? And I really think, like, let's remember, I started from the theater, right? Mm. I didn't start from, you know, this desire to, like, save people. So you're acting. I'm a voyeur. No, I'm a voyeur. Oh. I really—like, uh, I think uh, acting—because that's what I realized I loved about acting. I love learning about— characters why do they say that mm. oh my god why mm. do they say that let right. me see if i can figure that out mm-hmm. why do they you know and so i love that about people mm-hmm. it's like wonder why right why? what's going on you know mm-hmm. what or how can i help them do it differently right where, where's the, the great you know, quality so, 
that doesn't get tiresome, right? Mm-hmm. That really is like reading a good book every night, right. you know, right? So that's like such a good quality of a like a lover and a partner. Is there we to, go. We got to tie it back to your. Yeah, no, but it's true. it's true. But to, to instead of like you know your partner lashes out at you, not obviously you know lays a hand on you. That's a different situation. But lashes out, and you're like not immediately thinking like why are they such a fucking asshole mm-hmm. or like a mm-hmm. bitch or whatever? But instead you're thinking, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. And how can we figure out what triggered this so that we avoid it or, or talk about it or not right. get back to right. it? You know, That's right. That's right. Yeah. If you could have constant curiosity yeah. about your partner, right? I, instead of judging. For sure. I think that's like why my current relationship is working right now because – it is such curiosity. And like, I, you know, and like, I get mad sometimes because he may react to a situation a way that I don't react to a situation. And I'm like, so mad. Like, why didn't you just do what I would do in that situation? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then when I take a step back and I'm like, but why can't you react the way that, and why do you react the way that you do, you know? Right. Then I get a different result from it. Right. And then the question that I would really want you to ask Mm. is, how am I, who am I going to be right now? Who, how do I want to show up to this? He's doing this. Now, who am I? You know, like we keep the focus on the other person all the time instead of, wow, you know, Mm. this, I don't don't know, an example, like he just lashed out at me. How do I want to respond? Right. You know? I think I want to, like, you know, make a joke and walk out and say, I've got to go now. i got to, you <laughs> right, know, whatever. Right. I want to be this person. Right. Instead of who I am can only be figured out by manipulating that other person. Right. right? Like, you know, right. But that's what I mean. We get, like, in a relationship sure. and we start to think the dials for us are in them. Right. Does this make sense? What but I'm they're saying? in ourselves. They're in yourself. Mm. Okay. You know, man screaming at me. Hmm. Dial, tune into yourself. I feel the thing about DBT, this wise mind idea. You know, you have the wisdom always. Right. The boundaries are in you. The wisdom's in you. Tune into myself. Okay, how do I want to take care of myself right now? How do I want to respond to this? Yeah. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to be impact. I'm going to like, somebody was just telling me they tried it the other day because their husband was screaming at her and mm. they went to bed mad and she was thinking of me going and she was thinking who do I want to be right now right and, right and, and so she pushed her body into him and mm. he was just like oh I'm so sorry I'm oh, so sorry yeah that's yeah, really yeah, cute yeah. and and I just because we're running yeah. out of time but I just want to tell everyone because we should have started with this but it's my fault so my favorite part of DBT when I was first starting it was what Cecilia just mentioned which is like you have your emotional mind and you have your logical, reasonable reasonable mind. And then you have your wise mind. And I told you recently, a friend of mine got a tattoo of this, of the Venn diagram. I forgot who it was already. But basically, you know, you want to stay in your wise mind when Mm -hmm. you're practicing DBT. But we all have the emotional and the logical, uh, sorry, the reasonable side. But like, you know, we also all have the wise mind. We just don't always tap into it. And so DBT is like staying in that. And you know, when we're doing the yelling, and it's funny because it's usually, you know, obviously me doing the yelling. I or you took the drama drug. Right, exactly. Drug. I'm, yeah. I love mm-hmm. the drug of drama. We, <laughs> we all too. have, of too. course, we all have a choice mm-hmm. of, you know, what mind to be in. And um, DBT does exercises to, you know, keep, helps you do exercises to keep you in 
the mind that you want to be in. Sometimes you you are okay to be in an emotional mind. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's okay. But for me personally, I'd rather never be in an emotional mind and always stay in wise or reasonable mind. Yeah. Because my you want to be able to feel right. Well, you know, you want to be able to feel and you can make the choice. I mean, you know, certainly if it's like if you're going to decide to do some kind of a static dancing ritual, you don't want to be you just want to go, you know, right. Or or sometimes we need to grieve. We really need to let emotional be there. But it's a choice. It's not reactivity. It reminds me of the story that I told you in our session the other day about how a friend of mine was having an alter, like an argument with someone. Remember, and I said to you, um, they asked their friend, you know, this person's pissing me off. What should I do? I'm in the heat of the moment. Should I A, punch them? Should I B, like say something nasty back? Or should I C, like just ignore it and... And then the person gave their advice and they were like, choose one and let me know what you decide. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's, those three things are Mm -hmm. like probably emotional mind. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. it's like emotional, emotional. They're all emotional. Yeah. (laughs) Or wise. Well, wise is ignoring it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Definitely. Could, like, so, maybe more uh, reasonable. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's mm-hmm. that's just a perfect example of... Yeah. but um, what the friend said was, cho- yeah. choose one, which means ask your wise mind. Right, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. And the wise mind told them to uh, say something rude back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... People say, my wise mind told me to throw the glass in <laughs> yeah. his face. I'm like, that oh, wasn't your wise yeah, mind. exactly. Exactly. Knowing the difference is important. <laughs> Have you ever reacted in a session back to a patient? And I won't, you know, no, no one's judging, but. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I am human. Right. Um, and yes, yes. Especially, you know, so emotion mind is contagious too. Right. So if somebody's really in strong emotion mind, you right. can't help but get pulled into right. it sometimes. So, yeah, I have. I mm-hmm. have. But I, I, I really try to always be authentic in my whatever if I need to own my behavior. Mm. Or, but, you know, I'm really trying to show up not just as this expert. You know, I don't think there's value for my clients in me being just this sort of talking head expert right. that never feels right. and never puts herself fully into the mm-hmm. relationship. Right. So every now and then it can happen. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully I have enough wherewithal to catch myself and say you definitely do and you know i have had clients Mm -hmm. say to me now you're in emotion mind Ah, and i love that you're right incredible good um okay i'm gonna ask you one last question and then i want to hear your quote or you know piece of advice which you have many i'm sure Mm -hmm. but how do you protect your energy your space Mm -hmm. like on a day-to-day basis on the subway yeah yeah how do i do that how do i do that i you know, I've tried all different things. I mean, I have I have a really supportive family. I have, mm-hmm. you know, lots of friends. I have, I meditate. Mm. I play, play. I do mm-hmm. improv with people. I, you know, I, I guess that's what I do. And I definitely have really worked on my body awareness. So yeah. it really is a feeling if I have a client in me, it's really like that. It's like mm. I got a dead body in me. If I go home and I'm right. like, still thinking about someone, you know, mm. sometimes I write, sometimes I do art, but sometimes I just, I just soften it. I just say, you know, you, this person must need me to hold them for a little while. Right. You know? And I just deal with it. And that's great. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Tell me maybe I'm, no, I don't think I'm losing it. Not no, yet. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So advice, I yeah. Advice or a quote, so you know, I know you have so many quotes up your sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I maybe do love Renee. 
do I have a Brene quote? Or anything, anything. I should have brought a quote. I mean, I do love this new one that I put on my thing. You know, Mm -hmm. I always put them up on my thing by by Brooke Castillo saying, we keep thinking that we have to change the world so that we can feel better Mm -hmm. instead of feeling better. Like, really take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, not just, not just, like, not be depressed, but, like, really, like, one person being evolving and growing yeah, it's like, can really make change. What's the, and that's like, how we be make the change the world you want to see in the world. Be the change you want to see. I love yeah. that one. That's Gandhi, right? Yeah, I that's think so. That's so true. And that's my advice to everyone. It's like, yeah. stop, get out of everybody else's business. Mm-hmm. Get out. And John Mayer actually, uh, he has a song, Waiting on the World to Change. And he's like, we keep on waiting on the yeah, world yeah yeah oh and we say the world oh, it's horrible the yeah. world today the world today is horrible People i was saying to someone the, the other day said, oh this is the worst the world's yeah. ever what it wasn't bad when saber-toothed tigers were chasing us right. i don't understand there's always right. stuff this is life we are mortal beings mm-hmm. in the most amazing you know planet universe i mean it's amazing it's right amazing so there's two things, and then I'll, like, one thing I say, yeah. get out of other people's business. If you think mm. that you're bettering yourself by focusing on what somebody else is doing wrong, mm. you're following, you're not, you're not doing the work. No. Focus on yourself. Yeah. Always, always, always. Help yourself, help yourself, help yourself. Mm. And love the person that you want to judge the most. That's really, mm. that's a hard order, but that is, you know, I if like you can that. do it. And the second one that I've been saying all the time lately, and I just said it to someone on the street the other day and he was like oh that was so helpful mm-hmm. you know remember this is what my meditation teacher mm-hmm. tells me to do all the time remember that you are a part of the universe so if you're having trouble with something in your life like actually close your eyes and imagine yourself sit, taking a perch up by the stars and with the sun and then see the world from there mm-hmm. and and know that you are part stardust you're part, it, like it's such a it just frees me mm-hmm. it just makes me feel like everything's okay yeah. You know, it's I like, like yeah, it's That's corny, spiritual. but I like it. It it's is, cute. it is. It's cute. And now everyone knows that when I post one of those quotes that I'm in therapy. Yeah. Because I put, I take a picture of your quotes. Oh, and I, you and post I them? them? I put oh. them on my story. Oh, how nice. Um, All right, so, I have to change them up more. So, Cecilia, where can everyone read some of your stuff or follow mm, you? Or... Well, right now my website's coming out tomorrow, twistingtheplot.com, uh, and that's actually a um, for Great women side. over 50, but I hope everybody pays attention because, you know, of course, change and twisting your yeah. plot is a part of life. But mm-hmm. I'm giving a little special attention to those women over 50 because yeah, I think we tell, get lost tell your a little bit. Or your yeah. Sisters. Oh, please. We're going to have great workshops. And I have a podcast coming out, twistingtheplot.com. Yay. Can't wait. So, yeah, tell your moms everything. <laughs> <laughs> but also check it out yourself. Yeah, check yeah. it out. Yes. Yeah. My um, nieces are saying, we need a Twisting the Plot for Millennials. Yeah, you know? they do. Right. Well, they have We Met at Acme. Yeah, okay. Um, and unfortunately, Cecilia is not available to be anyone else's therapist. <laughs> I'm, Sorry, I'm, guys. I'm full-time busy with Lindsay. She's booked forever. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. If you really, really want to see her, you can try to get in touch. But um, please don't take my time. <laughs> And um, thank you so, so much for coming on. You are incredible. And I don't even think there's one part of this episode that I want to cut. So thank you for for being you. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Have a great night, morning, afternoon. And thanks for listening.